Hello, and welcome to the White's Chapel Sermon Podcast. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen to our weekly sermons. This is a quick way to enjoy or even revisit a recent message. We're beginning a series called Generation Gap, and so let me explain to you what you will see whenever the computer gets going again. We um, have uh, Pastor Todd, Pastor Sam, and myself with one of our students, Molly Erickson, drawing art. And we had five, five minutes to see a picture, and then we compared our art. And so that's this week. Next week, we, with one of our students, we'll all be going to do gymnastics, which will be fun. And then the next week, we're going to be all be playing the piano. So it is, you're in for a lovely time, but whenever it pops, we'll stop. But anyway, I, I love this Generation Gap series. Because I am convinced, and I've kind of known this my whole life, one of the keys to living well is to have relationships, friendships with people in different generations. Um, We have so much to learn from each other and to teach each other, and it's beautiful when we do that. In fact, Todd and I, we're always amazed at the young people in our church. They're just outstanding. We think back to where we were at their age. They are smarter, they are stronger, they are more accomplished. What they do is just amazing. And so how awesome to share life with them. But I think our job is not just to applaud. Do I see colors? Yes. Oh, gotcha. Okay. But anyway, they are, uh, I lost my train of thought. Where was I? <clears throat> They're smarter. They're smarter. <laughs> they, have, they have better attention spans. They don't get distracted than we do. <clears throat> and uh, anyway, we're going to see when the art pops, we're going to see. But I want us to know painting, uh, creating art is a metaphor for life. Because every day we are called to see our lives as a master painting. Right. Is that going to pop up either? No, so we have nothing. Okay, I'm just going to have, we're going to have to carry this on our own. So anyway, it's a master painting, and our job every day is to create a masterpiece. Who taught me how to do that, and you've heard me say before, but every time I think of seeing every day as a masterpiece, I think of my great-grandmother, my hero, my role model, the person I most want to be like in life. For 97 years, she had a philosophy of life that she followed every day. She tried to do something kind to bless and surprise somebody. And she just poured so much fun into meaning and to life. Every day was an adventure. We got to go spend the night when we were young at her house a lot. And I loved doing that because Mama just made everything fun. Ordinary chores were fun with Mama. I loved going to the grocery store with her. I loved going to the produce stand with her. I remember her at Miss Pizzolatta's produce stand, studying those cantaloupes and looking at those tomatoes to make sure everything was right. And after she would get the fresh produce, we would come home. She made shell and peas and butter beans fun. And, and we loved getting to do that. But one of my favorite memories at my mamma's house was my brother and all, I would be sleeping in the, the little bedroom and it had a big old cold window unit in it. And in the morning when we would wake up, it'd be ice cold. And I love that feeling you're coming to and it's cold and you're snuggled under those covers and it's a wonderful feeling. And then I would sense it. The greatest smell in the world, bacon cooking combined with coffee. Bacon and coffee intertwined. 
to this day when I get that smell, bacon cooking over coffee makes me feel loved and, and valued and important in this world because Mama made every day a masterpiece. And that is our business. In fact, the desire to do that is the key to our scripture lesson for today. And so if you got your Bibles, we're going to turn now to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 10. Hear the word of the Lord. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. Not the result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are what he has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. This is one of those passages. Okay. We... All, it, all it needs was the word. <laughs> Should we finish this part and then show the video before you speak? Yeah. Why don't we do that? Guys, get that video ready. When I get done, we will pass it on to Todd and we'll get to see the video then. Um, this is one of those scriptures. Highlight it. Underline it. Memorize it because this shows us the essence of Christian theology. We are saved by grace through faith. Saved by grace means we don't earn it. We don't deserve it. We can't buy it. And when we are saved, we don't boast about it because it has nothing to do with us. It's a gift of God that we receive. But once we know that we're saved, that's not the end of the journey. It's only the beginning out of that gift and that glory to God, we're called to live a life that honors God. The God who created calls on us to keep creating. Literally, we're to carry on Jesus' ministry in the world. That's why we are here. That's our purpose, to let every day be a masterpiece. Every day, we need to reach out and love someone who is struggling. Every day, we need to reach out and give a hand to someone who needs a helping hand, someone who, who needs something from us. Every day, we need to speak a kind word to someone who is discouraged and speak a word of encouragement. Every day, we need to spend time with God so the Holy Spirit can continue to mold us and shape us and make us more and more in the image of Christ because literally we're created in Christ Jesus for good works to carry on his ministry. Now we hear this, and as Pastor Todd shared and we've been thinking about today, a lot of our hearts are heavy. We're worried about what's going on in Israel and in so many places around the world, the senseless violence and the, the hostage that have been taken and the world at the, at the, at the edge of war. It, it is a moment that is just, just that makes our hearts heavy. And we're worried and we just carry this around with us. And sometimes we wonder in moments like this, what do we do? And, 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 and the first thing, always the most important is we pray. We pray for peace and we pray for leaders and, and for the right wisdom to guide us through these challenging times. But once we pray, I think we also have a job to do. We need to look around us to our friends and neighbors who are Jewish and belong to other world religions who are on high alert, they're tense even for their safety in our own country. And we need to reach out to our neighbors and express our concern. We need to express our prayers that we're there for them. And we also need to express our gratitude. 
that they're in our community, that they're a part of all of our lives and we are glad that they are there. But then we also need to take this scripture seriously. Every day, you and I need to do something for Jesus to carry on his good works. And we got a beautiful picture of that Friday. Pastor Joy, Pastor Todd and I got to go and join our team uh, on the first day of building our Habitat for Humanity house. And to be honest with you, one of the great days of my ministry, I was absolutely overwhelmed because I was overwhelmed when I look at our amazing volunteers who do so much to make this world be a better place. And, and, and I look at them, there's some that are working on this house that have been a part of 22 house builds um, since 2001, building houses for people in our community. And I was amazed at our congregation. We paid for this all ourselves out of our budget. Every dollar you give makes ministry like this possible. We couldn't do this without your financial support of White's Chapel. And I'm overwhelmed at your generosity and what you make possible. I was also overwhelmed at the wonderful homeowner. She is the most delightful person. And she was crying and so touched and moved and shared her about her three children that would move in and their hopes and dreams for the future. And as we drove away again, a mountaintop moment, and all of a sudden it hit me, we don't know how to fix the world, but we know how to start in our own community and be a neighbor who helps and loves and cares. We know how to live the words of Gandhi, be the change you wanna see in the world. Um, I want us to think about that. Every day should be our masterpiece to live like Jesus. Pastor Todd introduced me to an artist that I didn't know before named Bob Ross. Anybody familiar with Bob Ross? <laughs> he actually died 28 years ago, but he had a show on PBS that's still popular. It still runs, and he is noted for several things. One is he would paint these landscapes in 30 minutes. He had a technique of doing that, and he believed he could teach others, and that's what his program was about. He was also known for some quirky characteristics. One there, if the picture is back up there, his hair. Um, he had this kind of hair, and as he got older, he wanted to cut it, but that was his signature, so he had to keep that hair. He was known for the way he spoke, kind of like Mr. Rogers, a little slow, but also like Mr. Rogers, he made everybody happy and feel good. He was a positive influence. In fact, as he painted from time to time, he would make mistakes, and he would look at that mistake on the paint. I believe I'll make this a happy tree, he would say. <laughs> And he was known for this uplifting wisdom. I, I jotted down several of the things. He repeatedly said, everyone has inherent artistic talent and could become an accomplished artist given time, practice, and encouragement. He, Todd, do you think, no, they haven't seen the video yet. No, do you think he could make me an accomplished artist? It may take some time. Some time. Okay, we will see. He would say, we don't make mistakes. We just have happy accidents. You know, I love that spirit. Don't we need that? As we go forth to make every day a masterpiece, to continue God's good creation, to carry on the work of Jesus, to live out as our mission, verse 10, for we are what he has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. 
Again, we want to thank Molly Erickson so much for helping us out and uh, for showing us up and for really challenging some of Bob Ross, Rob, Bob Ross's beliefs about us all being equally gifted whenever it comes to the art. It would take some real time and some seasoning for, for uh, that to, to happen to us. If you want to get a close-up look, I don't know why you would at our artwork, but it's out here in the concourse um, as you go by if you want to, you know, pray over it or something. Um, but, but I was really struck by that passage, uh, the, the, this passage that we've been looking at this morning. For we are what He has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. We are what He's made us. But, but what on earth does that even mean? Because I mean, the Apostle Paul, he's, he's certainly not giving us any indication. He's not giving us any clues here. But think about it. Think about it with me for a minute. How were we created? We were created in the image of God, endowed with the ability to speak and to create, just like God did way back in the very beginning, way back in the, in the book of Genesis. We can speak and we can create. We can speak and we can create hope. We can speak and create despair. You and me, we can speak and, and we can create love or hate, light or darkness. Oh, yes, we can speak, you and me, and create. You see, in our very nature, we are creative. What did Paul just say? It's supposed to be our way of life. And for as vague as Paul is about some of this stuff, he's really clear about something. He's really clear about one thing. Paul's really clear that, that you and I, that we are not saved by our works. We're not saved by them, but we are known by them. And we were made, we were made for them, created to, to work these, these good works in Jesus' name. We were created for them. We were created to create something new, to create something different, to become something different. And so that's Jesus's expectation of us. And I think we do really well to take it seriously, to, to try to figure out how to, how to obey. Because I think it's got to start from down here. I think change has to start down here. I think, I think change has to be an aspiration. I think we've got to, I think we've got to nurture it. We've got to nurture a, a deep desire for, for newness to to be something different, to become something new. And that's always, that is always way harder than just tweaking something that's old, right? I mean, that's, that's the call of faith, right? We have been raised, we have been saved to walk in, in newness of life, not in just some souped up version, some, some helped out version of the old ways of life, to walk in the newness of life. Faith calls us to that. Faith is not the way of information. It's not the way of renovation. Faith is about transformation. Us becoming like Jesus, us following the way of, of Jesus, this one who makes all things new. You see, it, it's about us breaking free from our ruts and about us breaking free from our routines. It's about us even maybe getting to the point whenever we can see change as, as a friend and not as an enemy, even if, even if that means us going back to square one. In fact, some of y'all may remember 
couple of weeks ago, we had that, uh, that salsa showdown here at the, we had the salsa showdown here at the church. It kind of grew out of this dream, it grew out of this aspiration, this desire from our young married Sunday school class. They wanted to do something to help out with the, the, the school lunch debt at GCISD. And uh, Friends Church, we did it. Y'all did it. We paid off the whole thing for the entire school district. Uh, and of course the Aggies won it because the Aggies, and you know who you are, the Aggies block voted for it. Um, <laughs> the Aggies won the salsa showdown. But I had registered too. I had registered Carrie and me to, to participate in the thing. But the thing was, I kind of forgot to tell her about it. Um, <laughs> I forgot until the Friday before that we were registered to do this thing. So I went to her and I was like, hey, sweetheart, uh, yeah, I need you to make a gallon of your salsa before Sunday. And you can just imagine the wedded bliss of a conversation that followed that. Um, and so Carrie went to the store and she, she got all the ingredients and she came, on, came home and uh, on Saturday morning she went to work. And she, she threw in the tomatoes and the onions and jalapeno and the garlic and the... the, 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 the uh, all the other stuff, right? All the other cilantro's in there, there's all sorts of things, all sorts of bottles that she's dumping in there, uh, all the stuff that makes it so delicious. Um, and then she asked me to taste it. That, that's, that's my contribution to it, right? So I, I taste the sauce and it's good, but it's not, you know, it's not what it usually is. She so was like, okay, maybe it's missing something. Maybe, maybe a little more onion. So we had some more onion, but that, that wasn't it. A little more cilantro. A little more garlic. We added, we tweaked, we tried, but, but nothing, was, nothing was working. Nothing could make it taste right. And so finally she went over and she, she got the can, the can of tomatoes that she had used. And she looked at it and that's whenever she discovered that when she had gone to the store, she had accidentally grabbed the, the, the Italian style tomatoes with basil and oregano. Um, and, and that's when I learned a lesson. Actually, that weekend I learned a couple of lessons. Um, but that's whenever I learned that, that if you're starting with the wrong ingredients, no matter what you try to add for some things, there just isn't enough cilantro to make it right. I learned that sometimes, sometimes you just have to start over. I also learned that Bob Ross, Bob Ross was wrong. Uh, you know, he said, oh, you know, there's no, there's no mistakes, there are only happy accidents. Mm, au contraire, I had to deal with a wife who was not very happy about having to make a second gallon of salsa. Um, again, only to get beat by the Aggies. Um, sometimes, sometimes we just have to start over. Sometimes we just have to be brave enough. Sometimes we just have to be motivated enough to begin again. I mean, think about it. what. What would you try? What would you attempt if you weren't scared? How would you attempt if, if, if you weren't afraid, afraid of failing, afraid of looking the fool? What would you try? What would you start if you weren't afraid of starting? See, it's a question of, of aspiration, but it's also a matter of, of inspiration. Inspiration, that force, that nudge, that, that holy and divine nudge that, that helps us to discern what in our life and what around our life needs to change, what needs to be renewed. It's, it's the voice of the Holy Spirit. Inspiration is the voice of the Holy Spirit that's whispering to us, surely, surely there's got to be more to life than this. It's that feeling, it's that, 
that sense of, of holy discontent that we sometimes get. But here's my fear. Here's my worry. I worry that, that maybe too many of us, that we've become just like, just like these Ephesian Christians here, these, these early Christians, these early believers in Ephesus. You see, whenever Paul went there the first time, whenever Paul was walking through the city of Ephesus for the very first time, he asked the Ephesian Christians, he asked them about their experience of the Holy Spirit. And their response just floored me because he, he asked them about the Holy Spirit and they said, Paul, we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. That's my fear. I fear that, that too many of us, and I mean all, all Christians, I mean that too many of us have gotten so, so deeply instilled in our religion, we've gotten so immersed in our religion that, that we have effectively uh, uh, inoculated ourselves against the power and the presence of this relationship. This, this powerful, this scary this life-giving, this life-changing relationship that we're called to have with Jesus Christ. We've inoculated ourselves from the relationship. And friends, that's where inspiration happens. That's where inspiration comes from. It is the very breath, it is the literal breath that empowers our newness. So what inspires us? Paul tells us. Paul tells us that it's gotta be salvation. The Apostle Paul here says that that salvation, that that should be our our ultimate motivation. That should be our our ultimate inspiration. It's Jesus. Jesus' life and his death and his resurrection. That's the thing that should motivate our transformation. That's that's the thing that should motivate our change. But you know what, what works as well? You know what works too? I mean, to a lesser degree, but you know what else works? Necessity. Necessity can be a real inspiration. Necessity, sometimes we just have to get desperate enough. Sometimes we just have to get, we just have to get fed up enough. Sometimes we have to get fed up enough with the way things are that we will finally open ourselves up to the possibilities of the way things aren't. Knowing that more of the same will always just lead to more of the same. In fact, back in, uh, in 2011, I think it was, we took our second trip over to the Holy Land and, uh, and before y'all ask, before y'all email, no, Pastor John and I did not reprise our little, you know, Duke Fest that, that we had uh, from, from the, year, the, uh, the years prior. Um, but, uh, but we did try something new. In fact, he tried something new. You see, every time we go over to the Holy Land, we celebrate baptisms at the Jordan River. And y'all, that water is cold. I mean, it is like, it is like snowmelt cold. And so by the time you're done baptizing a group of our size, once you're done baptizing a hundred, a hundred plus people, you are, I mean, you're numb. You're like numb from here down. And so Pastor John had this brilliant idea. He had this inspired idea. Our beloved Pastor John decided that he was going to wear a wetsuit. (laughs) But a wetsuit is not one of those things that you just go to the Jordan River and rent. Oh no. Oh no. A wetsuit is one of those things that you buy and then pack and then ship internationally and then lug around with you all through the streets of Jerusalem for days before you ever put it on. So there he was, it was baptism day. He's wearing his his wetsuit and I'm not even sure that it did anything for you. Um, He's wearing his wetsuit and then it came time to take it off. (laughs) And I'm not really sure this is something that you want to picture in your noggin, but if you're brave enough, 
There we were in this nasty, dirty, wet, dank, dripping locker room. And, and there I am, and I am pulling on one leg of the wetsuit and another buddy of ours, he's over on the other side, pulling on the other leg. And we're there and we're kind of like wedging ourselves up against these lockers, trying to get a little leverage. And all the while, Ken Nelson is there yanking on both arms, trying to get the thing. It had to have been the craziest sight. All of these people, all of these Christians from all over the world there to renew their faith. And the very last thing they see before they go out to the Jordan River to renew their baptism is this group of crazy Americans who are trying like the Dickens to pull a wetsuit off their friend. And whenever it finally budged, when it finally came off, it came off with this hilarious sort of sound. And and I share that just to be able to say that not all of our ideas are going to be good ideas. <laughs> not all of our plans are going to work. But sometimes we just got to try. Sometimes, you and me, we just got to do something. To do something new, to do something different. To let the Holy Spirit lead us, to let the Holy Spirit guide us, to let the Holy Spirit inspire us. Inspiration, aspiration, and finally, perspiration. Because change, newness, creation, that's hard work. It's hard work. I mean, even God rested on the seventh day. It is hard work. And it's scary work, but it is necessary work. And so we got to be willing to put in the work. To, to get beyond all of our, our laziness, to get beyond our apathy, to get beyond our indifference. I mean, indifference, just think about the word indifference. It literally means not different. See, indifference is never going to change us. Indifference is never going to do anybody any good. It's never going to make anything any better. But if we would just care, if we would just feel, if we would just give a hoot and get involved, man, that's, that's where the Holy Spirit goes to work. That's where the Spirit begins to work in us and it's where the, the Spirit begins to work through us. Because I got to tell you, like, like Pastor John said, it's been a hard week. It's been a hard week for, for a lot of us, probably all of us. It's been a really hard week. And I don't mind telling you that for me, I really struggled. Struggled this week. This week I felt uh, a whole lot like Jacob like I was wrestling with God all week, praying over what's going on in Israel, praying for peace. And, um, and I found myself at some point this week, I was praying, I was saying, God, I, God, I know that you tell us to pray for peace. I know you tell us to work for peace. And I know, God, I know that you tell us that you've given us your peace. Lord, I just don't know. I don't know the way, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, Lord. I know you tell us to, to work for peace. I know that, Lord, there's gotta be a way because Lord, you don't, you don't tell us, you don't call us to do the impossible thing. That's wherever I felt it. That's, that's wherever I felt God speaking back. And I was like, God was saying, nope, Todd, that's where you're wrong. Because that's exactly what I do. I call you to do the impossible thing. God calls us to do the impossible thing. God calls us to create the impossible thing. Peace and hope and love and, and joy in a broken world. 
God calls us to attempt the impossible because that's where God still does some of his best work. As every moment becomes the possibility of a miracle and every day becomes a masterpiece. And it becomes a masterpiece as we share and as we share in the master's peace, friends, as we pray. Our God, this morning we, we echo the prayer of your servant David, who cried out asking, Lord, create in us clean hearts and put a new and right spirit in us. God, renew us and revive us because God, so many of us are tired. We're tired and barely keeping our heads above water. And now we hear that you have something new for us to do, something new for us to create. And Lord, there's a piece of us that, that we don't even, we don't know if we can, we don't know what to do. And so Lord, we pray by the power of your spirit that you would come to us. Lord, would you inspire us? Literally, God, would you breathe into us as you did there in the Garden of Eden? Would you make all things new, Lord, in our brokenness, in our fear, in our anger, in our stress, in our doubt? God, come to us in every illness and every disease and broken families and broken marriages. Speak, God, and bring newness and bring life that it would bubble forth and pour forth into the world around us. Because, Lord, we know that, that by your choice, we've all, we're all you've got. God, we, your people, we, your church, we're your chosen, your, your chosen way, your chosen method of changing this world. Lord, forgive us for the times that we've gotten it wrong. Lord, and help us to get it right. To do a new thing, to create a new way, to the honor and glory of your name. Because, God, it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss new releases. We'll have new podcasts coming out all the time. Be sure to check us out online at whiteschapelumc.com. Please download the WC Life app and follow us on social media to stay up to date with all things WC.